When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And welcome to the Gallant View, the Rangers podcast. I'm Colin McDuff and I'm returning to the hot seat to review Rangers 2-0 win over Celtic at the Gyrodome, also commonly known as Celtic Park. Joining me for what's, um, what should it be an upbeat podcast, Mr Craig McAdam. Hi guys. Scott Hodge. Hi Colin. And Ian McCready. Afternoon. So let's get right into it. Um, Rangers started with, for for the most part, it wasn't a very surprising lineup. But we will come to the the one notable uh, inclusion. We started with Alan McGregor, James Tavernier, Connor Goldson, Philippe Hollander, and Borna Barisic in the midfield. Stephen Davis, Glenn Kamara, and Scott Arfield in a front three of Ryan Kent, Brandon Barker, and Alfredo Morello. So Craig. I think uh, most people would have been happy with that lineup, but there was maybe a few questions on what does Brandon Barker actually have over Stephen Gerrard? I thought it was a, a big call from the manager to not play a goalkeeper, but the risk seemed to have, seemed to have paid off. So it was a big call before the game, but we got away <laughs> with it and the, the tactics have worked. So happy with that. <laughs> um, aye, Barker's a strange one, isn't it? Um, I don't know. Like we, there, we've said it before, but there must be a different player that turns up at training than we see in games. Um, tactically, you can understand why he was going to play yesterday with his pace, keeping him high up the pitch so we can try and uh, hit them in the break. But I, I just don't get it. I don't know if any of you want to shine some light on why, why he plays. Um, obviously done well to get his goal in the last game, but I, I don't see it. Rumour has it that Brandon Barker's doctored a very... A legitimate looking video of Michael Beale, Stephen Gerrard, and Gary McAllister having a threesome with Man U tops on. 
That's the only <laughs> thing I can. <laughs> it has to be that level of blackmail for him to continue to get a game, surely. Uh, that's probably the only the only way to explain it. Must be something like that. Um, but I, I don't think we'd get anything really to be too negative about yesterday. It was what a day. Absolutely. Ian, we don't want to spend too much time on them other than having a good old laugh and joke, but they they are starting line up. They had uh, Steve, whoever the fuck that is, starting centre half. Um they were missing Christy, Edward, Forrest and Julian. Even like rain, on Thursday night, myself, Scott and Graham said we should have been confident regardless who they were playing, but this like surely, if you're the Rangers team, you're looking at lineup uh, who they were playing, and they must have been feeling a bit confident beforehand. Absolutely, I was I was fairly confident before I seen the lineup because I think when teams open up against us, we are much better. But seeing their lineup and Edward not making it, I think was the biggest plus uh, for me because he has a good striker. We know that we've seen that um, against us, and for them to not have him play was was definitely a big positive. I thought the boy Welsh was could actually come out with his head held high from their team. I thought he'd done nothing wrong. Um, considering his age, making his day, like, well, I think he'd played one game before, but coming into such a big game as well, I think he's probably the one Celtic player who could walk away thinking he'd done all right. But, yeah, we, we were, we're, a, we're a better team than them. We, we absolutely are a better team than them. I think what they have over us is a mental thing. And hopefully that's it, broke. I think so. And let's, let's just get straight into the game then. So, Scott, there was a chance early on for Celtic. Uh, Carl McGregor put the ball into the box for Clamara. Philip Hollander, excellent block. Uh, that was the only real blip in the first maybe 15, 20 minutes. In the build-up to the goal, um, I hate myself for saying this, but Andy Walker said it throughout the game. I hate agreeing with him. Rangers just looked so controlled and... From the get-go, they, they were just playing at their own pace. Uh, from early on, they were playing the ball out of their box, from Golson into Davis, and then he was turning, getting the ball up the park. Morelos um, broke into their box a couple of times, but even in the lead-up to the goal, Rangers settled straight away. That's probably what he might be alluding to. There's, they don't fear going to Parkhead anymore, do they? No, I mean... I was going to say, I didn't get a second gear. I don't even think we got a first gear, to be honest, because it was just so comfortable and, and relaxed. It was just all over the pitch. It just looked so calm and like it, there was such a difference in quality today. Hibs gave us much a bigger test than Celtic, which is quite surprising to say, but it was, um, you know, that's, that's two in a row and you can't understate that. Like, they the last like obviously they bet us in the cup final but they weren't convincing that day and it's going back almost you know a full year since they've had a really good performance against us I'd say and psychologically I know I know Ian you touched on it earlier about the mental thing to win the league but they I reckon we've got the advantage over them when we're playing them head to head it's just if we can keep this up if you know what I mean no I, I totally agree with you there and that's probably a point we'll come to later on. So, Craig, the first goal uh, comes from Ryan Kent turning down the wing and that, that got, 
I was about to say footballer, he's not a footballer either. How people rate him at twenty million pound, I'll never know. But he fills Kent maybe about thirty odd yards out and James Tavenier takes the free kick from the right hand side. It's a terrific ball in and Connor Golson glancing it by Barkas. Um there was calls for offside, but Shane Duffy's playing him a mile on. This was only like maybe nine, ten minutes in, I'm sure. It wasn't against the run of play, a great goal and a great time to get it. Aye, um, he always do want to get an early goal in these sort of games so he can settle into it and feel feel comfortable. Um, but again, we've seen Captain Tav getting another assist. His stats for the season are frightening. People talk about what a leader is, but the way he gets so many goals and assists and gets us in these positions, that's his leadership. That's what he brings to the team. Brilliant ball in and a brilliant me glancing header from, from Goldson as well. Their keeper is fucking pish, isn't he? Craig, you were trying to bait a mutual friend of ours who is of the Tim persuasion. I'm sure you were trying to bait him about that keeper, but I think it was a real good point. Celtic have went out and spent money on him when they could have got somebody like John McLaughlin for nothing. I think he'd said to McLaughlin could go there as first choice. When we were trying to sign him, he'd probably I went there first choice rather than coming to his second choice. But get up them and thankfully he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> It is such a drop off from Forster. Like, as much as I don't like him, obviously because he played for Celtic, he's he was a he was a brilliant keeper. And he would come up with big big saves, and a drop off going down to 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 Barkas. I mean, he's not he's not done. You know, obviously it's early days for him. And if it was somebody in the Rangers position, you'd you'd hope we'd give him a bit more time. But it's just he's got big glove, is it glove, big gloves to fit into. So, aye, but it's good to see in it. You said about uh, Forster making big saves. I think Andy Walker said it in the commentary, didn't he? That he's yet to see Farkas make an important save. So, like, I mean, the only reason we never won that cup final was Fraser Forster. We we battered him that day, and and it was all because of him. Same with you, and uh, I know we spoke about it a couple of times, mainly because I I put a bet in it every week. That's time and time again. Rangers are such a threat from set pieces and. We're so solid at defending them as well, but on the attacking fifth set piece, on the attacking set pieces, either side we've got Barisic or Tavernier, who can get a, a brilliant delivery in from corners or free kicks, and then we've got take any pick here, seven and a half, Edmondson, Katic, Balogun, Golson, Hollander. What I really like, we don't rely on this, but we are always we always fancy ourselves to get a goal from a set piece at least once a game. Yeah, definitely, and and it looks like Conor Goldson previously, he would always get like good positions and have headers, but they're then going over the bar or going wide. But this season, he seems to be getting them, getting them on target this year, and it's it's a good weapon to have when you know if you're struggling to break a team down, like we have done in the past, that you can rely on Tav and Barisic putting in just really quality balls and. And just having the centre halves go attack them, it gives you, it gives you that extra weapon in the arsenal going forward. Just on the subject to Conor Goldson, there, uh, he he was tremendous yesterday. <laughs> Ian, you're smirking there, but he was tremendous. The only kind of blemish was when he got caught under the ball. Elianusi was let in. Uh, Elianusi had a chance to finish, but he put it over the bar. But other than that, Conor Goldson was tremendous. I, I can't really fault him at all, can we? No, not at all. He's been he's he's definitely proven me wrong this season. <laughs> the, where where I have I have had a problem with Goldson is what exactly happened with the Alanusi chance. 
it's he's just not strong enough at times. Like he just has to be commanding, go up, win that header, and and he doesn't. That's the problem. He just lets it hit him in early in the season. But if he's just that wee bit more commanding at times. We've seen that he can be that way. He was that way against Galatasaray, and for the majority of the game, he was that way as well. He just has to be super commanding for ninety minutes and not have that little lapse like you had against Hibs or that one that let Elliot Rousey in and, and we've got a, a proper cracking defender on our hands Aye but if he done that he wouldn't be playing for Rangers probably <laughs> Well that's true Aye <laughs> But we'll get a nice big transfer for you for him when we sell him Scott I think credit where credit's due after the Hibs performance you and I came on and well I, I was having a right go to Connor Golson. I'm okay with defenders making mistakes every now and then, but my big criticism was he was he was rattled for the rest of that game for a good solid 15, 20 minutes after his mistake at Hibs, he was rattled. And and we need to, we need to call out the praise for him. He wasn't he kept calm and composed and he kept his defence calm and composed throughout. So was he maybe listening that day or is this something that he is improving on? I think he is improving on it. He's um He's, 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 I think he looks like a different player um, this season. I don't know what it is. Or maybe, you said it as well, Holanda, you know, he goes sort of under the radar sometimes, but having somebody with his like, calibre and experience beside him probably puts his mind at ease a bit more. But as I, as I said at Hibs, if you take one mistake in eight games, I think for any centre-half, that's that's decent if you have you know, one, one bloop every eight, eight games. So, I the, the only criticism I've got is when he makes a, that mistake, he needs to pick himself up. He can't be thinking about it all game because we'll get punished, if you know what I mean. So, uh, that is, it, that's the only question mark I've really got over Goldson. But I think yeah, after yesterday, he's, he, he didn't, only can he say in half performance, you wouldn't know that he had that error. So, uh, absolutely, I'm, I'm calling him out fair, fair play for that. One of the things as well, um, you know, fans being in the stadium, you hear people that have been at the games talking about it, and he comes across in the telly as well. You see how much sort of organising and talking that Goldson really does. I've noticed that a lot without the fans being there. And he's it's usually him and McGregor are the voices that you hear when there's people shouting and bawling, and he seems to be the one that organises the back line, and it's going brilliant this season. So hopefully he keeps this up. So, before we finish off in the first half, I want to talk about Alfredo Morelos. Yesterday, I, I came away from the game thinking that him and Barker were really poor. And I, I was having a, a go to the Celtic fans saying, ah, we beat you with eight men, basically. Um, looking back in a cold light of the day, uh, the emotion out of it, I watched the game back today. I thought Morelos uh, looked a threat throughout and I must have just missed it. There was a couple of times in the first half he broke away into into the Celtic box, made a couple of really decent chances for Barisic, for, for Tavernier, and he done that in the second half. Scott, he was a nuisance throughout and I don't want to, I don't want to just criticise him because he's not scoring because he's still a really big part of this team. Def- no, definitely. And it was Chris Boyd that said before the game, he needs to go back to last season when he lost. And I, 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 see when he said that, I was like, I know, I mean, how many goals did they have at this stage? He was, he was on fire in goals words, but 
with the way Pladat sees me rely too heavily on him, he's he's a he's a real team player now. I've seen him. I remember in the first half, he, he lost the ball and he was sprinting back to. I mean, it was the most ridiculous tackle that you've <laughs> you've ever seen a a proper centre forward tackle. But that I don't think we'd have got that. You know what I mean? Last year, he's working for the team. Would we like him to to score every game? Absolutely. But I think the way he's bringing people in, he's unselfish. Just that comment that Chris Boy made, I was like, mm, what what Morelos is better, you know? No, I agree. And I think um, you can argue all day what Morelos is better, the, the selfish goal, goal-scoring Morelos or the one that brings the rest of the team into the fold. But I don't think you can argue that the rest of the team are playing so much better. I think a big part of that is there's more... More strength and depth, but I think the way Morelos is playing and allowing the likes of Arfield and Davis and Kent and Kamara to get forward and join in, he has to take a lot of credit for that. Craig, going into the second half, uh, before we get to the goal, just talk about this in general. Celtic had all the possession because Rangers allowed it. The Celtic back they were passing between them and Rangers were just pressing at the right times, waiting for slack balls. And they were punished them for it, in particular the midfield three of Davis, Kamara and Arfield. The manager said that afterwards it was such a calm, controlled performance. I've never seen, I struggle to think about a game where Rangers have controlled the game so much without the ball. This was a brilliant second half display. Uh, that's, that's how we set up and obviously I think that comes from Michael Beale's tactics and um, the way we play. And we've seen us do it so many times now. Um, we've done it against Celtic a few times, all the big European games. We can, we've got the ability to actually, although we don't have the ball, we are still controlling the game. Um, so we're letting Celtic centre-backs have it and we are setting, it, setting off and quite happy for them to have it. Um, and then we press at the right time. So we've seen the stats saying it was the Celtic centre-backs that had the most touches, but that's because we let that happen. Um, part of our game plan was to give them the ball because like you've seen those videos going about a big Duffy just punting the ball out the park a few times that it's they can do it let them do that all day that's fine not a problem so the the tactics in these bigger games just perfectly it's more like I know we're going to talk about Livy next week so we know they're going to be parking the bus so it's more those kind of games I actually worry about rather than the big games because we know we're going to turn up in the big games Ian before we get to the goal um, looking back at the game today so, Brandon Barker um, looked as if he was maybe got to try and turn up for the game a wee bit. There was actually, a, he'd done really well to set Ryan Kent up for a great chance. He wins the ball off uh, Scott Brown, plays Kent in. Kent goes to get the shot away and Ayer gets the last ditch touch. But if you, if, looking at Barker, it wasn't for want of trying. He was trying to press, he was pressing at the right times, to be fair. When we were breaking away, when maybe Morelos or Kent were breaking away, he was getting good runs on the other side, but we were maybe not finding him. So the question I've got for you, Ian, what, what do we do with Barker going forward? Do we, like, is this going to click for him? Is, this a, is there a player there and it just needs time to click? Or is he just a training player? What, what's the deal, do you think? There, there must be a player there. Like, you, you don't spend all that time at Man City with all the money they've got um, and, and not have a bit about you and then Gerald's not just going to have somebody that's not got ability kicking about the team um, unless he has said video um, but 
you just there must be a player there. It must click for him at some point. I just think we might be the wrong team for him. I just think the space in behind, like this, the 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 chance she's talking about, Kent. If that was the other way around, Kent playing in Barker, that's a goal because Kent just doesn't have that pace. So I think there must be a player in there. He's it must he's got a good attitude. I think like. It doesn't just stand about. He's always he'll chase something down and um, he'll chase back. And I, there's got to be a player in there. I just think we might be the wrong team and that we face too many packed defenses. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So I think there might be an argument that he's, he's maybe failing to shine just because uh, two players next to him, Morelos and Kent, are that good. If you look at their movement off the ball, or even when we do have the ball, it's not really a fixed position that Morelos stays in the centre, Kent goes in the left. Like they'll, they'll interchange and they'll go about. I don't know, does Barker maybe get lost a bit in that and he has to choose either stick to the right wing or... Or is that something that he take him off his leash? Basically, I think you know, mm-hmm. like it's, I, I actually, I think I think Barker gets a bit. I know he's not he's not a best player on the team. He's never going to be the the poster boy or anything. But I think there is a role for him. I think it's very it's it's good having an option like that. I, I mean, I wouldn't have started him yesterday. I think a lot of fans wouldn't have. But as Ian said, it's he's you don't play for Man City reserves and. Uh, and, you're a, and you're a bad player he'd get found out straight away He's, I, think he, I think he was there since he was like seven, 16, 17 so must be a player there um, he does seem to throw Barker on in the big occasions just for the you know you mentioned it more talk on Thursday just about that press up high he is probably one if not the quickest player at the club but as Ian said as well so I'm just taking Ian's words uh, here to try, try to get a credit <laughs> for it, but maybe it's not the team for him. But you know, I mean, what, what I, I think there is an option for that, especially when we've got somebody really try to take control of the game. So, same with you, Scott, because um, we spoke a bit about our field on Thursday night, and I want to give him so much credit for the second goal. So, the second Rangers goal starts with a, a corner. On the left hand side, um, ball goes over the top. Glenn Kamara gets it in the in the right hand side of the pitch. There's a one two with Scott Arfield, and then Arfield takes takes it back, hit, 
Arfield plays another one too, where Alfredo Morales and gets the ball at the corner Golson. Connor Golson shoots, is blocked by Duffy, but he scores with a second attempt. So, Scott Arfield is just such a clever player. We've seen this time and time again. He likes to give and go the one, two, in and around the box. He's so composed and calm doing that. And when I said to your selling Graham on Thursday that this is, this is why he's been so important, how well he links up areas of the pitch, even in tight spaces, this summed up why Scott Arfield should have been in, in the in the team yesterday, do you agree? No, definitely. Um, it was, again, another solid, solid performance. And as you say, he's not he's not like the quickest player, like, you know what I mean, like Barker, but he, see if you had Barker's pace and like Arfield's intelligence and like, f- uh, final ball, like, that would be like a dream player because <laughs> it is like he made that goal. Like, yeah, Goldson done really well and... He's probably got better finishing than Morelos right now, to be honest, with his, with his composure in front of goal. But it was just such intelligent work. And Gerard's got such a hard decision to make in terms of the midfield because we look, we've seen Joe Aribo coming back into the fold. Kamara was unbelievable. And Davis, just as usual as well. It's, it's just it's so, it's so good to have these options. We've obviously got Zungu coming back as well, you know. It's great to have all these options, but he's I don't fancy being in his job. Try to try to. How can you tell Arfield that he's dropped? I couldn't. I couldn't do that because he's done nothing wrong for, as I say, well over a month. You mentioned Glenn Kamara there, and Craig, I'll come to you for this because I think Kamara does get a bit of a hard time as well when he's average, and the whole team could be playing average, but Glenn Kamara will get criticism for being average, and I think. I think there's a case that because he's not Ryan Jack, he's maybe the go-to weapon boy in midfield at times. But then he has a game like he has yesterday and everybody everybody rants and raves about him. I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that Jack comes in ahead of Glenn Kamara for every game, if they're both fit. Uh, it's a brilliant dilemma, isn't it? Um, Kamara, I think that's that's the sort of game that suits him. He's definitely a big game player when you're playing against better players. Um, the games you'll hear him getting a bit of stick tend to be the sort of the easier games that we should be winning. Um, but the sort of the old firm games, the European games, that's the games that he really shines in. Um, obviously, does really well at international level for Finland as well. But we paid fifty grand for him. Like, think of the amount of money getting pissed about down in England, and you can get Glenn Kamara for fifty grand. It's Unbelievable, um, but he's that's exactly the sort of game that suits him. Um, anytime Celtic did look as if they were breaking and we'd bar a sitch up the pitch, Kamara just slots right over there and sniffs out any attacks. Uh, he's just so good at, at doing that and he's so composed in the ball. Uh, there was one of his passes as well to Jack that just took out three Celtic players and Jack was in millions of room from it. It's just that sort of intelligence and sharpness that you see probably from just the way he's been brought up at um, in the Arsenal Academy, just that sort of football brain that there'll be certain games that won't suit his style, but yesterday was definitely one that, that does suit him and he was phenomenal. He's so good at sniffing out danger, but playing it forward. Anytime he gets the ball and he has to try and stop an attack, his first instinct is to get the ball up the pitch to a Rangers player. You know, he's no kind of like, I don't know, maybe, maybe a Kevin Thompson of old who would just defend first and clear his lines kind of thing that he's he's so composed on the ball even under pressure and 
You're right, it's a completely different type of dilemma that we had last season. Last season, Steve Gerrard, he was struggling to pick a midfield because they were all shite. Now it's the complete opposite. Um, so, it's only good. Ian, uh, choose the last thing on the goal. Connor Golson gets the second goal, but we, we ran and raved enough about him, but how much is that I get it up you to Celtic that Golson dominated Shane Duffy? When Shane Duffy played centre-half and when he went up front for the last 20 minutes, I mean, that was... Um, it's just a joy to see, is it not? That's brilliant. They, they were like, ah, Shane Duffy, he's going to be a game-changer. Aye, for us. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, uh, he's... It was brilliant, and then there's there's a picture of Connor Goldson shaking his hand at the end of the match, and Connor Goldson's got the big massive smile, and Buffy looks like he's about to cry. Uh, I I loved it, uh, particularly being Duffy, you know, because him being a Celtic fan as well just makes it worse. He's a. Call me cynical, but he was only signed because he plays for the Republic of Ireland. They didn't sign him because he's got to be uh, a team changing centre half. They they the fucking tune of the Green Brigade and no what fair play in them. If that's what they want to do, it suits us as it does yesterday. So I'm I'm happy with that signing policy. Um, the last shot I find to note, Ian, we'll start with you. Helander um, got caught a wee bit off guard towards the end. Um, I think it was Ayer had the ball, through ball, and the Griffiths. Helander just caught flat-footed, but we spoke about McGregor having nothing to do. I thought, even though Griffiths should have done a lot better, Helander and McGregor reacted well to this. Uh, McGregor's came out, uh, Griffiths is knocked it to the side and put a poor ball in for Kamala, but Helander straight away covers McGregor on his line. McGregor's back there, back on his, uh, back on his line. Sharp as attack. Um, that was probably the only thing of note that Celtic found away in the second half. Do you agree? Yeah, I, I think we, we might be a bit lucky that Griffiths hasn't just thrown himself on the ground because, McGre- as you say, McGregor's out really quick and he's he's made himself massive. And you know, Griffiths goes down, they probably get a penalty. Um, but I think he thinks he can score, and then he just realizes he's a wee bit far wide so tries to cross it and McGregor gets back but yeah they done nothing like in the second half did they that is uh, yeah that's the only chance I can think there's two ch- the only twice I can think of them actually doing anything all the that and the yeah Leonussi chance there was no other half chances or uh, McGregor's not made a save you're right, the only two chances that Celtic had was the only two mistakes made by the Rangers centre-halves. So, let's um, let's address the, the elephant in the room. We said all the way throughout the show that we, man, 11 against 11, we are a better team than Celtic. We we don't have any qualms going up against Celtic. But, Scott, this isn't where Rangers have lost the league in the last couple of years. It's been... It's been the fact that Celtic have been more consistent against the other teams. So, as the table sits, Rangers have played 11 games. They're four points ahead of Celtic. Obviously, Celtic have the, the game in hand. Rangers go to Livingston next week. And we have the we have the Europa League tie 
away to Standard Liège on Thursday. I'd be wanting a bit of rotation. If I'm being honest, I'm thinking about Davis played 130 odd minutes in international duty, another 90 minutes there for Ryan Jack chapping at the door. Um, but how much? The question is, how much do we change it, and so we're not getting complacent? Tough one there for me, uh, but I would I would say it's a. You don't want to make wholesale changes six seven um, to for that. I think next week against Livingston, it should be comfortable. Uh, we're not playing in their pitch. I think they're doing all right, Livingston. To be fair, but you sort you don't want to disrupt the the rhythm um, of the team. So the link ups that we've got, Scott Arfield and you know Morelos particularly, like you know for what they've done for the goal and things like that. You don't want to disrupt that. As you say, Davis has played a lot of football, but you know, I obviously want to do well in this group. So, I, to answer your question, I'd maybe make two maximum changes um, and make you full use of the subs bench. Craig, mid, the midfield obviously is going to be a tough uh, decision, but I think if you look at the players available, we've got Ryan Jack, Stephen Davis, Glenn Kamara, Scott Arfield, Joe Arrivos came back. I think regardless of the combination you you play for either of these games, you're going to be happy. I think it's more a, a case of the front three for me. You don't, I don't want Morelos and Kent getting burnt out when they are so important, but who who do you start? You can't really drop both of them. Do they, do they two start both of these games and another with you, or do we do we take that as well? Uh, it seems to favour Padgett in the European nights, so I would imagine that he'll come back in. Um, but I, we, we need to, to find the balance um, of, of making the changes. We've obviously got a big squad. See, even when you look at our bench yesterday, like, they could all started. That's how strong the squad's looking just now. And then, obviously, all Rift to add to that as well. Katic, I don't imagine we'll see this season. Um, but we're just looking so strong, um, especially when you consider if we do have players away in internationals and that sort of thing. There's a chance that we are going to get hit with a sort of COVID spreading around the team at some point, and people haven't isolate. So we need to make sure we've got that squad and make sure everyone's getting game time. Um, I'd imagine on Thursday night we'll probably go fairly similar to how we went yesterday, assuming there's not any knocks or anything. Um, then it might be after that the Levy game that we'll see a, a few more changes. The bad news is the next international is only a few weeks away, but between now and then we've got six games to play, so it's getting that that consistency and rotating at the right point but aye Morelos you'd take him out for a game and you've got Roof will be back soon you've got Defoe that's not had much game time Itton was banging a few goals in against Motherwell so that there's plenty of options there just looking at our fixtures so we've got Livy at home in the league away till Kilmarnock and then Hamilton at home in the league and then each midweek we've got a European game as well so we, we need to kick on big time we need to I'd be looking for nine points in the league and not losing a game in Europe in the next six games which is takes us up to the next international break so we're in a really strong position um, squad's looking good but we need to use the squad at the right time and we need to really kick on and prove like we were saying at the start the, the big difference between us and Celtic up until now has been mentality so we need to prove that we've got that mentality now and that there's no point at winning at Parkhead if we're going to drop points to Lovey so we need to really kick on and I think we've got the players to do it so and I think that's a, when we talk about mentality, um, I don't know if that's maybe the right word to use, Ian, but it certainly it will certainly give the manager more comfort that 
after that, players looking a bit burnt out, needing a bit of a rest or just players will go off form, you know, even like James Tavernier won't keep that level of form all the way through the season. Ryan Kent will go on and off. Morelos will go on and off. It's surely, it's surely a bigger comfort for the management team and um, I'm looking for them to be more comfortable with changing the team. Last The last couple of years, it was very rigid and uh, Gerard got criticised for not making subs early on or changing up, but there's an argument to say that he couldn't. So this is his chance to show that he's you know, he's got faith in the squad he's built, is it not? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think when he's made changes before as well, the team's looked a bit flat. I think now when we make those changes, we're going to have guys like Joe Arabo or Ryan Jack coming in now rather than, you know, it was like a Greg Stewart that was coming in last time. The standard's gone up, you know. We're going to be, like, if you take the midfield out and replace it with three midfielders we've got, Three midfielders coming in, so we take Zunga, Jack and Arabo. Just three internationals, throw in Hadji, another international. That's the difference, I think, this time. Like, all the players coming in are now international quality players. Um, Cedric Aten as well, who's another international. So I think the standard now of player that we've got bringing uh, backing up the players uh, is just going to drive this team forward as well, because Gerard now has the ability to go, right, you're not playing well, you're out. And then it's it's basically up to... So right now, Kamara's... For me, Kamara's got the hot hand and so is uh, Arfield. So it's they're going to play, I think, until Gerard sees that they need a rest or that they've, they've gone off form. So I... But like you're talking about Livingston. Livingston at home is the perfect time to make a few changes, but I'd be looking at maybe two or three at most. And, and I think during the week we'll go pretty much the same again. Maybe Hadji or Jones in for Barker. So just before we round off the show, it's important to point out that the Rangers ladies team won 5-1 in the first game of the season today against Heart of Midlovian. Zoe Ness got a hat-trick, good on Zoe. And we obviously interviewed Demi Vance uh, early on in the, in the pre-season. She scored as well. Good old Demi Vance, I'm telling you. Our first sponsorship will be will be sponsoring Demi Vance. Um, had a laugh in the joke, but in all seriousness, they are pushing for the league this year. They've made a lot of big signings and well in great start to the season. We don't want that to go don't want that to go under the radar just because we scudded Celtic our own bad garden, because that's a great start to the season. There boys the best part of the show. Every, the last five minutes of every show, we'll have a chat about what the funniest thing we've seen on Twitter this week. And I think it's fair to say that Kerry Dale Meldon will be getting a good good shout-out uh, this week. But, Scott, kick us off. What's the funniest thing you've seen on Twitter in the last couple of days? Oh, my, my one was just the official the official Rangers one after the game and put that in your poster. Just, oh, they're, they're on fire, aren't they, man? I don't know if, if, if they've got like they got a social media expert, if they got a comedian in there on the Twitter, man, it's just been been fantastic. Just Duffy lying there, fucking devastated. The Goldson tapping in, man. Um, and I, I don't know if somebody else, but the uh, Lana Wolf, but like one as well, like where <laughs> Duffy's getting fucking shagged and all. Oh, just tremendous. Lana happened. Wolf got some amount of free publicity <laughs> this weekend, didn't she? <laughs> 
Ian, take us away. What have you got? I, I like the one that was a Celtic fan. Uh, the the hunting law just won me laugh for thirty seconds. Then hung up. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he then comes back and he says, "Finally, they down, calm down, and switch my phone back on." Ten minutes later, my private number phones me. I guess by better judgment, I answered. Fucking hunting law again. The two grandsons <laughs> <laughs> just laughing at him. Brilliant. Craig, what have you got for this? Uh, it's a meltdown month. So I'll talk you through the, the match ratings from s- some Celtic fan. So Barkas, minus five. <laughs> and Ayer, zero. Duffy, zero. Welsh get three, so he must, uh, must rate Welsh. Laxal, seven. Looks decent. That boy definitely... <laughs> 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 Firstly, is definitely not a seven, and secondly, it doesn't look decent at all. It's going to be at Barnett. <laughs> Uh, Brown one in Cham minus twenty three usual every week. <laughs> <laughs> McGregor three, so he likes him. Uh, Frimpong minus five. Kamala zero zero and Elanusi minus sixty seven. But but generous with some of them, I'd say. But <laughs> generous with some of them, and they must have been tripping acid when they've done the lifestyle rating. <laughs> Slowly. Can't have him on his ass after 17 minutes. <laughs> I know. My favourite one was also for the uh, Kerry Dale meltdown. Um, somebody, I couldn't find the exact tweet, but um, it was a silly fan tweeted. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm composing myself up. I'm just laughing, thinking about it. <laughs> Stayed in the house for months waiting in this game, and <laughs> it finally comes around and they fucking did that to me. No one otherwise put me out. <laughs> 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 and uh, judging by Alan Thompson's uh, tweets yesterday, it might have actually been for him. So, <laughs> but um, great weekend and all eyes on to Thursday. Uh, let's let's just keep the head rangers. All that's left to do is thank my three co-hosts, Mister Craig McAdam. Always a pleasure, especially after an old front. Ian McCready. Cheers for having us. And Scott Hodge. Cheers, lads. Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 